Manimal here. It's Thursday, December 28th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go around the league. The Rangers signed some guys to some non-roster invites to spring training. We've also got a look at the DH position as we continue to go around the diamond, and we're going to look at that number two moment on the top 15 Texas Rangers moments of the 2023 season. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. Just a quick PSA. Your Texas Rangers are the 2023 World Series champions. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier, if you want to find me on social media, you know you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And you can also find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TX Rangers, a WTB. You can also find us on our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Hey, and joining me, my co-host, the 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on social we are closing in on our top moment for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, we're closing in on the end of season two here on Texas Rangers with the boys. It's been a it's been a fine season. The uh, Rangers, uh, they, I think we talked about it already, but they they won the World Series. Yeah, so that was fun to have baseball all the way through October into November, where we had something almost every night to talk about and how important. Uh, baseball got here in texas this year which was um exciting uh but man you know we're doing we're doing good over here we're back at the house today so we're uh you know not as not as uh rushed and uh you know trying to trying to figure it out how to get the show on so we're just sitting at the house today so that's so much it makes it so much easier to do the show mm. but uh you know Enough about that. We're we're talking Ranger baseball. We got a little bit of Ranger news to talk about. We're going to continue our trip around the diamond, and you know we got that big moment. Uh, uh, we're up to number two, so we'll get on with the show. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at uh, X at Manimal Bull, Instagram Manimal Three Hundred, and both Facebook and TikTok Bull Pro. So whatever your favorite platform of social media is, get at me on there, and we'll start talking about these Rangers. Did you say bull bro? Because that's great. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No? Okay. Absolutely not. Dude, this is night bull. I was going to say, man, since we're talking Nick. This is morning bull. introduce any of our new listeners uh, to, you know what, I got to put that in my intro now. Right? Like. Well, like like we're we're dealing with night bull tonight. Yeah, yeah, or... I can be like and be like, and joining me, my co-host, the three hundred pound animal, aka bull, aka night bull, night or, bull, yeah, yeah, all one word, morning bull. Just depending on where we're at, that'll give everybody the iggy of. They'll they'll know what kind of show it's going to be right there. That's like, right. It's morning bull, visual, like you know, they're like, hey, if it's morning bull, you know, they're mailing this thing in. Right, and they can. But... <laughs> Some cutoff jean shorts with kind of like the 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 shirt kind of coming up past the belly button, 
truck. Well, that's that's why we we do this only on recording. Right, trucker hat. That's why we don't. Yeah, I, we don't have a, a YouTube live just yet. Yeah, but if it's night bull or yeah night bull though or or bull night, um, then we're talking about a cowl, a cape, um, you know. Uh, the bull some sort of mask over my face to, to hide my true identity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though the beard's showing it's it's not that obvious, you know, like they couldn't figure No, no. I mean it's like it's like Red River Jack. Everybody's got beards these days. Yeah, like everybody just assumed that it was Brody, but it was it was really Red the Undertaker or or uh, what's his name, Davidson, the Davidson twins. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't ever really it was only it was only Bruiser Brody whenever it was convenient for Brody. <laughs> well, um, for those of us, for those of you listening for the first time, this is probably the first tangent we've gone on in a while. So uh, enjoy, but know that we normally do get straight to business. So why don't we get straight to business from one silly conversation to another one? The Wander Franco saga, uh, man, it heated up. It heated up and it heated up quick again. Wild stuff, man. Like Wander Franco, I guess the Dominican Republic is looking into multiple, multiple underage um, interactions with Wander Franco. Uh, I mean, like, good lord, this kid went from being like on the top of the baseball world, where where nothing he could do was wrong, and now we're talking about he is like hiding out from the. The, the authorities in, in the Dominican Republic and that he wasn't at any of his houses that they went to check in on him or went to search warrant or serve warrants or whatever in the last couple of days. Uh, this morning at 11 a.m. he was supposed to have turned himself in. That didn't happen. So wonder Franco, I mean, at this point, like, I mean, like call him Jesse James, bro. Cause he's on the run. Like he's hiding out in some cave, like, eating cans of beans with his horse on the uh, on the pole outside you know like i mean he's, th- that's crazy stuff yeah it, it's wild man because like i mean wander franco was the most promising player in all of he was the number one prospect in in baseball just i mean two years ago yeah i mean he was like i mean he was and he was living up to it. He was all star. Uh, I mean, everything you could ask of him, he he was doing. Yeah, man, what a, you know, it's funny. Uh, I I don't know if it was. I think we talked about Trevor Bauer off air, uh, just because we we're always kicking around, uh, you know, players and what the Rangers <coughs> possibly could do. And of course, that's not something we're hoping the Rangers would do. But again, it's something you you got to talk about it. And uh, so you know, bringing him up and then, but, but this is like taking Trevor Bauer even uh, to water, man. I I don't, I don't want to get too deep into Trevor Bauer because again, at the end of the day, I mean, with Trevor Bauer, you got to be a professional first. If you're going to be a professional athlete and you have to be able to, you know, put your, your personal, personal, what you enjoy personally to the side whenever you're in the public spotlight, because there's, there's, I mean, like, I mean, first of all, it's wrong what you like in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, and second of all, when you're 
a professional athlete and you're going to be in the spotlight that's going to come out at some point and you've got to be the professional there so in trevor bowers case i mean he he, he's in the wrong for what he enjoys or whatever the case may be so i mean you know like there isn't a spot for that and the same thing with wander franco i mean you're a grown man and you're dating little girls i mean that's not okay by any I don't care if it's the Dominican Republic or not. That's not okay there either. Right. So for, for, you know, for the sake of argument, from my perspective is, I mean, you, you go into a realm of being a professional and being a part of something that's, that's bigger than yourself and your, your own wants. And when you can't even put those things be- behind the actual goal and with your team, your organization, you can't put those things to the side and be a professional with the, your team. I mean, there's no spot for you in the game. Yeah. You bring up a great point. Um, and, and I, and I agree with you on it. You know, um, it's just, it, it's, there's a certain responsibility that comes along with being in the public eye and really like just having a job. Um, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, in the public eye or anything of that nature at this stage of my, uh, of life, but like if I still went onto social media and started tearing down my boss, uh, you know, or doing some weird stuff on there, and my boss who's uh, on my friends list, you know, uh, it's gonna affect. It affects. It's gonna affect you, and and I think it's just part of just being. And it and it totally has people in the past, and I mean, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to take what you do seriously, and you've got to put. Honestly, in my opinion, childish things to the side, mm-hmm. and no pun intended in Wander Franco's sure. uh, case, but like those are not things that are okay in a, in a public light. And you've got to know that you're the grown up in this situation. And if you can't be the grown up in that situation, how can you rely on that person to be a grown up in a professional setting? Right. So we've switched from Bull Knight to Father Bull. Well, I mean, reasonable, <laughs> bull. Bit, but no, you make a point. I mean, like, like, let's be honest, reasonable, you know, reasonable, like, I mean, gotta, <laughs> reasonable, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's just at some point you've got to be, you've got to, you know, put put things that are that are childish to the side and and become an adult. And and those two guys didn't do that in a in an opportune time manner, and and they're they're finding out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hate to see it, honestly. Um, a lot of promise there, but let's not, uh, let's not fall. We, we felt pretty. You know, let's not bog the show down too much with. Yeah. We got down the rabbit hole quick there, but it's hard not to. Um, but Isaiah Kiner Falefa, IKF, if you will, uh, former, former becoming journeyman, uh, ends up with uh, the Blue Jays. So Blue Jays are trying to kind of, you know, I, these these are the kind of moves that can can actually make a difference to me. To be honest, I culture is a big deal in baseball. Having the right combination of players is also a big deal in baseball. And uh, sometimes, as the Rangers saw last year, you know, like sometimes the little moves uh, can make as big of a difference as the big moves. Yeah, and we'll kind of see. I think it's a two-year, fifteen million dollar contract. So. You know, IKF's got an opportunity to make some money here and, uh, you know, not exactly sure what Toronto's going to do with him. There's a, a lot of depth in those kind of um, 
utility guy, plays several position uh, guys there in Toronto. So we'll see what uh, they're wanting to do with him. Um, but, you know, it may be the idea that Matt Chapman's not going to be there next year and they're going to use him a lot at third base. Uh, but who knows? Uh, he's a former, you know, gold glover at third base. So, um, you know, not exactly sure what Toronto's plan is with IKF, but I imagine he'll play somewhere most every day. Yeah, and you just it, – it, it kind of begs the question. At least it's going to start a bit of conversation about, you know, just the future uh, of the left side of that infield altogether because there's already been some some rumblings. Uh, so, again, it, it puts – Well, yeah, they got two years left with Bouchette, so we'll see where he's at, you know, see what they get with him and where they go from him – go from here with him and Vladdy in these next couple of years, and that would kind of align with IKF being gone as well. So we'll just see what they're trying to do here. And I know they made a a big run at Shohei, and uh, it didn't work out the way they wanted to. And I know they tried it uh, Yamamoto as well, and that didn't work out either. So, you know, next moves are kind of stacking guys and getting depth, and that's probably the plan here for Toronto. Right, right. Well, a good. Thing, I mean, Toronto develops well, and they always have guys that seem to, you know, come up and and produce. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if if uh, Toronto has some bounce back seasons from some guys and uh, some more all star caliber seasons from Vladdy and Bichette. So maybe Danny Jensen. I um. So I like uh, I like what they're doing, but also it gives me has me kind of tapping my chin a little bit um, because also those two guys are going to ask for a lot of money um, in terms of Bichette and in terms of uh, Vlad Jr. And uh, they might could bring back some really, really nice pieces. Uh, and now you got, uh, you know, a, a play a player like Connor Falefa that's a little bit cheaper and you might be able to bring a haul back for both of those guys if you're not going to re-sign them. But anyways, Buck Farm. Well, I kind of feel like they're going to be relatively competitive. So, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens, but I would think that Toronto in the next couple of years with Vladdy Bo, Kevin Gossman, uh, uh, Alex Manoa, probably hopefully having a bounce back this year, you know, it could be different for the Blue Jays next year and they could, they could still you know, they could still win that AL East next year uh, in my in my eyes. Well, and I think with um, with what the Rangers did last year, I think it kind of puts everything up in the air that, um, you know, a lot of things could happen. So um, Buck Farmer, um, Buck Farmer kicks Bubba Thompson to the curb for the Reds. Yeah, I guess the story's really only on there for, for Bubba Thompson. Um, Buck Farmer, middle of the road reliever, guy that'll get you some outs, probably going to have somewhere around a four, four and a half ERA for you. Um, but but on a one year, 1.8 or whatever that they signed him to, not a bad deal for Cincinnati. Um, and then the 40 man casualty in this case was Bubba Thompson. So he'll have a couple of days to clear waivers and then we'll uh, see what happens with him, see if anybody uh, picks up Bubba on the waiver wire. I mean, he's been out there a couple of times in the last, since, uh, since the Rangers uh, dropped him in May, uh, the Royals had him for a little while. They put him on the waivers. 
Um, Cincinnati picked him up. So we'll see uh, if anybody is looking for a, a speedy fourth outfielder that has a little bit of pop. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll pull for Bubba. He's a former first rounder, but I wouldn't be shocked if his days as a big leaguer are pretty close to ending. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, and then again, I wouldn't be shocked too if he got somewhere where he played every day and broke onto the team and was, you know, getting every day at bats that he could be, you know, that that ceiling level player that they kind of thought he was too. So, I mean, I don't want to bury him too deep, but I have a feeling it's probably closer to the first one. I agree. I agree. I I think the kind of at bats that we saw from him. Um, last year or in year before like it just shows that you know the the instinct uh, the instincts that you're gonna need to hit at the major league level uh it's probable that they're they're really not there so anyway um january 26th yeah we're already uh we're already getting close to january it's the last couple of days here in uh december it's that weird week in between Christmas and New Year's where uh, there's not a ton of people on the interstates and you can you can kind of just drive at a normal pace uh, so that means that January's on its way and January normally seems like it's the longest month of the year right it's cold it's dreary everybody kind of kind of uh, uh, feels like time stands still mm. but when you get to Friday, January 26th, you're going to want time to stand still because mm. Damo McCullough, the Thunderbird, versus Brick Savage in the main event at Matt War Pro's Brawl at the Hall 2. It's going to be a big time. You're going to want to be there. You're going to want to see this match. You're also going to want to be there to get some Starry's ice cream. You're going to want to get a hot dog from Big Dogs. You're going to want to get a burger from Kelly's Onion Burgers. You want to take it all in. Bring your appetite, bring your sweet tooth, bring your desire to watch some of the best pro wrestling on the planet because Brawl at the Hall 2 is going to be a big time and I'm looking forward to Friday, January 26th, bell time, 8 p.m. Love it, love it, love it. Um, let's talk some Rangers. So Rangers make a couple of signs. I think the I want to say the, the highlight one, to be completely honest, is that they're going to bring Elia Hernandez back for another year? Well, I mean, I guess maybe that I the highlight, uh, Elia Hernandez. I mean, he did have a cup of coffee with the team in 2022. wasn't uh, wasn't extremely impressive. He's been a pretty decent ball player at the uh, AAA level for the Rangers for a couple of years now. Um, you know, not not a guy that. Um, I don't know, like not, not a guy that just wows you or anything like that, but a guy that you could definitely see, um, you know, maybe being a fourth outfielder, um, if someone gets hurt. Um, but I would say he's probably still behind, uh, JP Martinez. He's probably still behind, um, you know, Wyatt Langford and, uh, 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 Dustin Harris and some of the guys that they've been uh, looking at 
you know, having around and being top prospects. But Elier, I mean, he always plays well at Triple A, and you know, I mean, you never know; it could translate. Uh, um, they're also another center fielder. Yesterday we talked about Michael Reed. Today we're going to talk about Derek Hill. Uh, Derek Hill's—he's got a little bit of major league experience. Um, he played some. Uh, for Detroit between t- 2020 and 2022. And then he had a little cup of coffee last year with the Nationals. Um, probably in the same category that we talked about uh, yesterday with Michael Reed, um, depth in the outfield. Same with Elia Hernandez. You know, you need outfield depth. You're going to need guys that are, you know, getting somewhat experienced. And I would say that uh, Hernandez starting to kind of fall into that category and Derek Hill, I would say the same thing. And then also uh, uh, catcher Andrew Knapp, who he's had some experience. He's been up in the big leagues for, you know, I mean, gosh, between 2020, 2017 and 2022, he was up every year. Um, He wasn't in the big leagues last year. Um, I believe that he was with Houston to end the season last year. Um, but he's one of those guys, you know, right before we started the show, we were talking about um, Sam Huff kind of being the DH. Um, and if that were to end up being the case, you know, Andrew Knapp could be the type of dude that you that you bring up that could be a reliable backup catcher that uh, allows you to have that third catcher while Sam Huff takes the majority of uh, – um, at bats at DH, but not a hundred percent sure that that's the uh, case at all. I'm just saying that like, that's a, that's a spitball could be, could be, you know, a situation that may happen down the uh, stretch. Um, also the Rangers announced that Diego Castillo and Jesus Tinoco will uh, be, uh, have spring training invites uh, with the big club. So you know, the Rangers just kind of adding more depth. Uh, we'll just kind of see where which way they go. I mean, you know, they're they're not a hundred percent just looking to go out and give uh, and give jobs away with the the depth they have in their farm system right now. And uh, I mean, I don't think any of these moves are just like going to take anybody's uh, job, uh, but. But at the same time, you know, they're worth worth noting and, uh, you know, talking about, uh, especially on days like today where we don't have just a ton of Ranger news to talk about. Yeah. And it's funny because, um, you know, I'm a, I've said on the show a few times, you know, obviously Cowboys fan, my my main uh, place to get my Cowboys news is uh, the guys over at the Locked On Cowboys podcast. It's a, if you're a Cowboys fan and you like Cowboys, I strongly recommend those two guys. Highly professional, great news, and, and they, they run a great podcast. But I want to say this about this kind of news for our show. You know, one of the things that I like about that show is that, you know, when the Cowboys sign, you know, Stephon Gilmore, I mean, you're going to hear about it everywhere. I mean, you're not, you don't need a podcast for that, you know. Um, you know, when they find uh, Brandon Cooks and they, you know, it's everywhere. You can't, you don't have to try and that kind of news, but who would they drafted in the fifth round and how they're going to help the squad or 
who they who their uh, non undrafted free agents are and, and which of them might play. Like there's a guy playing for them right now called his name's Marquise Bell. I've known about Marquise Bell from day one, but I guarantee you the casual cowboy fan doesn't. And that's because they they report on stuff like that. And I think this kind of news is actually extremely valuable to our audience. If you are, you know, if this kind of stuff is, you know, stuff that you like, again, feel free to shout us out and and give us props for it. Because for me, this is the kind of stuff that that goes a long way, especially for me, because I told you before we started the show, I was like, man, I'm doing Rangers stuff and I'm trying to find some news. And you're like, oh, well, they signed that. They signed that. And I'm like, this is why I do this show, man, because like, you know, we're finding out stuff that that getting nitty gritty, you know, getting down to the nitty gritty, the stuff that is just not going to be reported everywhere when the Rangers. Well, I'd love, I'd love to go back and listen to last year on like the day the Rangers signed Travis Jankowski and see what kind of uh, bow we put on that thing. <laughs> right. Because I mean, who knows? We, I mean, uh... <laughs> no, you make a great point. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, uh, these are guys that maybe you don't know a whole lot about, but at the end of the day, if something were to happen to Jonah Heim or Sam Huff, Andrew Knapp is the type of guy that could fill into that role and be a big league catcher and, and at least be a, a good enough signal caller and, and uh, game manager to keep you in ball games. Kind of similar to how, you know, Sandy Leone was last year. Absolutely. So uh, now we're on to our DH role, and that's going to be an exciting talk. Yeah, around the around the diamond, we've made it all the way around to uh, DH. We'll get into starting pitching um, on. Well, I guess tomorrow we probably won't do the whole the whole rotation tomorrow. We'll probably split it up and talk a couple of days about it. But uh, the DH position, it's it's really up in the air right now. Um, we kind of mentioned a second ago, Sam Huff. I doubt it. I imagine he's going to get a real chance to be the backup. Um, catcher and you know being the backup catcher to Jonah Heim isn't exactly um, you know the 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 ideal job in the big leagues because Bochi um, Bochi being a catcher himself he relied on Heim all the way down the uh, down the stretch last year even coming back from an injury so I can't imagine that um, you know Huff is going to play a ton of games but if you need him for forty or forty five. It's a good way for him to get his feet wet and a good way for him to stay on the club all season and you don't have to try and option him and then clear him through waivers and you've got a guy that you can start looking and seeing what his potential is down the road as a ranger. Um, so I don't imagine he's going to take a ton of DH at bats, but he's a guy that could take some um, if his bat is hot at uh, certain points during the year. Um, they've also got, uh, you know – internal there aren't just a ton of guys that i would say that could be uh the dh i mean you're you're looking at when you start going down to triple a and justin foscu can hit um you've got uh dustin harris down there as well that's got a pretty good stick and a big kid that you're you like but you kind of probably prefer to see those guys play in the field every day but i'm not 100 percent sure on foscu he may get a real opportunity 
in camp. Um, I think Davis Wenzel may get a real opportunity in camp just because, I mean, he's a firm, former first rounder. So there's a chance that they're trying to, you know, capitalize on that 2019 draft when they had a couple of first round draft picks. Um, so, uh, but, you know, internally, that's kind of like those are Justin Foscue, um, you know, and then you've got Wyatt Langford right. looming, looming in the wings. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't know what the plan is with Foscue. I mean, I think they like him as a left fielder as well. I don't think that they um, dislike his glove, um, but he may hit enough to where he forces the issue. And that's not a. That's not a particularly bad thing. Um, and then there's there's options externally as well. I mean, there's guys that you might be able to get on a one-year contract that you like, like maybe a Justin Turner or a J.D. Martinez or a Reese Hoskins, someone like that that may, you know, maybe just a, a one-year deal for um, some some bridge work to, to get you to next year whenever you know for sure that you can either – a move Adolis Garcia off right field to DH every day, or you know Wyatt Langford he becomes that DH pretty much every day. Who who knows exactly what's going to happen, but uh, you know that's a position that it's it's an interesting it's an interesting spot. I also think one of the things about DH that might go a little bit un unnoticed or untalked about is also the versatility that it gives your team. Uh, when you got when you're deep, so like you know we've talked about them having Zeke Duran. We've talked about you know obviously Josh. And that's a guy that I didn't even mention him, and he's probably the front runner. Right, you got him. You got Josh Smith. Um, those guys are guys that can spell, you know, a Corey Seager or a Josh Young uh, at over on the left side of that infield. I'm sure Marcus Simeon's never getting a day off, but it's not the point. The point is is those guys can spell those players and those guys can slide into those DH, that DH role and kind of like one of those pseudo days off. Um, The, the versatility that you have with the outfielders, um, you know, if you've got four good hitting outfielders, that means that, you know, and you, or you like your matchups, you know, say you bring back a guy guy that hits right handers really well. Maybe you got, you know, um, that, you know, or even a left-handed bat like JP Martinez, I just like the versatility. You want to give Adolis Garcia a blow for the day, and but he still you still want to get his bat in the lineup. You can slide one of those that fourth outfielder in there, and move him to DH, and then the guys that you put on your bench. You're talking about Foscue. Um, you know, you just have a lot. I love the versatility element, and I like the idea that you can put darn near anybody in that DH role. You've got Sam Huff, who's a big bat from the right hand side, that can that can get in there and get it bats on the D as a DH. So I like the versatility. I like the fact that it's a great way to get some of our younger players. It bats this year. And I think, you know, you want to exhaust that option before you start, um, you know, plugging, trying to plug holes with, with uh, veterans, even though I, obviously I'm a huge fan of bringing in uh, JD Martinez. I mean, we can get JP and JD, uh, you know, on the same team. I, I love the idea of Justin Turner. I definitely like, I, I really like the idea of Hoskins just because I feel like it'll be a cheaper kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a prove yourself kind of deal. Those can work out really, really well. 
Uh, and then there's not as big of a commitment uh, with it. So, you know, I, I, I like it all. I think the DH role itself can be a really versatile spot for you. Um, if you don't have to feel like you have to commit yourself to just one person. Uh, if you got a deep team like the Rangers do and a lot of players at a lot of positions that you want to see them get at bats, uh, you know, you could easily get a lot of these guys 400 at bats um, without a true starting position. That's very true. And yeah, and, uh, and you know, I was, I got so far talking about the young guys and, and what they had there and those young guys that I completely forgot about the fact that, I mean, Ezekiel Duran had a, had a, a really solid season last year. And I know he tapered towards the end of the season, but we're talking about a guy that's probably never played more than 70 games mm -hmm. at the big league level. I mean, I probably less than that because that one year, I mean, we're talking about 2022 is his only big league experience. And so, I mean, he's going to, I believe in my opinion, get better with age, but you're going to have to wait and kind of see on that swing rate next year and that chase rate and see if he's, Still all over the place with um, with you know slide pieces and, and can't hold off on those uh, cutters and and uh, sliders out of the strike zone. Yeah, so a lot of options there for the Rangers. And again, I'm getting a little bit more kind of warmed up to the idea, uh, especially and again, especially as it relates on the position player side of things uh, of seeing you know kind of letting these guys develop, letting these guys play, seeing what you got, and knowing that they're are bats out there that can be that can be bought um, pretty much all throughout the year, especially veteran guys that maybe don't end up with somebody. Uh, and even then, you talked about a guy like Aylor Hernandez, who never know could be a guy that that could have a breakout year if he gets enough MLB at bats. He could be a DH, and and you know he's definitely not going to crack the outfield. But if the bats there, you never you just never know. And then another guy that you talk, you got to talk about when you talk about the DH is, is Blaine Krim. I mean, I don't believe, I don't believe, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that Blaine Krim hits enough to, to slugs enough to be a, a major league um, DH. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know that for sure. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know where that the team is on him. I mean, you don't hear a ton about it, but they've got lots of guys. It's now just kind of trying to figure out what pieces are going to work and what you're going to get the most out of this coming season. Right, right. Absolutely. And that's up to that's up to Bochi and you know, I mean Well, you know what we trust the guy. I trust the guy to make the right decision. Anybody oh. that wears an eight plus hat like like the old manimal on my team. No, and, and you know what, uh, you know what else, um, you know, what, you know why we have all these options. Why we have all these these uh, these options is because we're so deep uh, at the farm level, and we've got all these major ready uh, players that are ready to, to to make their splash in the big leagues. And if you want to learn more about those players, you want to hear more about uh, who the Rangers have down in that farm system. You should subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys where we cover all things Rangers minor league, man. We talk about all of it, bull. We got a top 40 list on there right now, $2 to get in there and find out what's going on with these, with the top 40 prospects in the Rangers organization. We put that out for Christmas time, just for you guys. If that's not enough, we did a deep dive on every single minor league level over the prior four weeks before that, all the way to the Dominican Summer League. Five. 
five. Five. Actually. I'm sorry. Five. I knew I was gonna. I I knew I was gonna be wrong because it felt like more than that. And we you asked, we delivered. So there is there are there are seven shows right now loaded in there, two dollars, and you can be up to date with all your Rangers minor league news. You can make us the one stop shop for all things Rangers minor league. Just go to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Or you can go to our Spotify page, click that subscribe button, make it your late Christmas gift to yourself, or give the gift of baseball to somebody that you love and care about. Or you know what else you could do just to shove it in their craw? You could give it to an Astros fan. You could give it to an Astros fan. Say, hey, you want to hear what a real baseball show sounds like? Go check out the boys. So anyway. I like that. And, uh, and real quick, uh, just so everybody knows, in January, we will be diving into what the rotations will look like at each level this year or what we believe the rotations will look like. So you're going to find out where, where guys will be or where we think they'll be for sure. Woo! Hey, hey, that right there got me – it's too late in the night to get me fired up like that because let me tell you something. If there's anything the Rangers have – from double A down, I mean, they got a ton of guys um, pitching prospects. And if you have listened to our top 40 uh, prospects list, you already know that. But if you want to find out more about them, go on there. And then we'll tell you uh, over the next couple of weeks or the next few weeks uh, where we think the, those those uh, staffs are going to shake out and uh, who we might think that, uh, you know, who's going to land where. So. Yeah, it'll be the best $24 you spend in 24. Right. The best 24 you can spend in 24. So, um, hey, let's get into this moment. Man, we finally got to this one, didn't we? Well, we're, we're number two. You know, we, we tried to lead it into this moment the best we could on uh, on Wednesday morning when we, when we did the show where we, we kind of just left off because – you know, we we had the big Corey Seager moment, and of course, a huge moment for the for the the, the Rangers uh, far, or uh, club. But man, bottom of the eleventh inning, mm. Adolis Garcia walks that thing off, mm. and that that's just I mean, winning game one was so huge. Mm-hmm. It was so huge, in fact, that it has two moments. In the season, I mean, we could have we could have combined them, but then it would have just taken away from one of them, right? And we just couldn't we couldn't take away from as big as the Corey Seager home run was, which which was probably the biggest home run of the season. But this walk off, the moment was just a little bit bigger than the th- the the two run homer that the Corey Seager hit a couple of innings prior. It was just, man, you knew you knew that the Rangers needed to get out of game one with a win, especially after they got the big home run from uh, from Corey Seager. The bullpen held its own. It played its part. It got them to a position to where, uh, you know, Seager was in a spot in the, in the bottom half of the 10th where they got him out, and you were thinking he was going to walk that thing off, and it didn't happen. And you're like, oh man, we got to go back to the bullpen one more round, and and the bullpen continues to hold, and it just, I mean, it, the it was 
it was kind of like the, you know, you're, you're waiting around, waiting around. You're thinking, oh, man, they didn't score here. That means, you know, will, will Arizona get them? But really, at the end of the day, I mean, LeClerc, Will Smith, John Gray, whoever they went to in the bullpen that day, they all did their job. Um, and that was on a night where you didn't exactly get the best Nathan Eovaldi that you saw in the playoffs. And that, you know, I mean, so you're thinking, okay, well, they got the Eovaldi for five. And then the bullpen, you know, Dunning gets him an inning. Bradford gets him an inning. John Gray gets him an inning in two thirds, strikes out four batters. Will Smith gets him a couple of lefties there in the, uh, uh, to get him into the ninth inning. Um, and then LeClerc, just brilliant for two innings, sits him down, gets the Rangers in a spot for Adalis Garcia to walk that thing off. And boy, a three for four, a couple of RBIs, Adalis Garcia. Uh, sad to see him get hurt there in game, what, three, because he was having such a great World Series on top of his uh, ALCS where he had just won MVP. But that big home run, watching them walk off, watching the excitement, the emotion that the Rangers had, uh, and, and knowing that, you know, no matter what, everything's going to be okay now. They got that first one at home. They're going to win this thing. Yeah, it, it, I agree. And it, it also went back to show it kind of it kind of is the thread that you can find throughout all these moments, and it's the resiliency of this team. It kind of gave the Arizona Diamondbacks a heads up that, Look, man, like if you're going to win this thing, every single thing you're going to get is going to have to be earned. You're going to have to – we're they, are, they, they fought tooth and nail from day one all the way to that point, and they weren't going to stop then. And, no. You know, all the injuries, all of the adversity, it wasn't over because even this, you know, a Garcia ends up, you know, getting hurt, and, and he's out, and it's like – but he made his contribution and his contribution in the ALCS. We already talked a little bit about that or talked a lot about it. Um, you know, just a historic playoff run for Garcia. Uh, and uh, this kind of capped it off for him. And, and for us, it was like you, like you said, it kind of like gave you that, hmm, you know, it was kind of that Kurt Gibson moment. I don't know if the, you know, that's the right way to put it, but it's like didn't win the world series, but it kind of set the tone for what, you knew it was probably going to happen going. It was, yeah, it was as big a moment as any in the World Series. And, uh, um, you know, that leaves us just with with number one tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I really kind of like half thought that we'd like start this list and then completely forget about it. Like, like number eight. <laughs> so I got to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of us for, for making it through this list and having the, these top 15 moments and it being a, such a fun part of our show every day. Right. And, and honestly, it was just kind of something that just kind of came about and uh, give you all the credit because uh, it was your idea so far as. Yeah, it was a math decision. Yeah, math. Well, we yeah. do math on this show just in case. That's right. So, um, well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, um, I guess we'll have number one uh, either, what, tomorrow, Friday, or Saturday. Someday, one day before New Year's, mm -hmm. we will have this moment, even if it is just a one-off star-studded show just for it. Yeah, 
absolutely. And, um, you know, Rangers fans, it's going to be a good year, man. It's going to be a good year. And there are a lot of positive things about this team to be excited about. I know there's a little bit of an air of uh, uncertainty, but just rest assured it's not just the Rangers. Um, it's kind of league-wide. And I know that, you know, we see a lot of what's going on with the, the Dodgers and yada, yada, yada. But they put out a stat the other day, or I saw one to, today, actually, of teams that spent the most in the offseason on free agents. And up until this year, the Texas Rangers were the most were the were the team that spent the most in an offseason a couple of years ago. And I just want to ensure you guys that, like, look, you don't have to spend the most every single year. This team is loaded. They're deep. I think the only question is going to be the next position that we're going to cover uh, in terms of starting pitching. And the only question in starting pitching really is going to be for the first half of this season. Yeah, can they tread water? Can they hang around? Can they get enough uh, production from young guys and that next wave? Because, like, when we deep dive into the the Rangers farm system in a couple of weeks when we start talking about um, AAA and AA, I mean, the AAA, I mean, you're talking lighter, Kent, White, right? Win, you know, there's guys there, so... You know, it'll be interesting to see if those guys can make that transition from the next, from, you know, from the minor leagues to the major leagues and start, you know, helping the big club. Well, and I think it's a perfect time to find out. And I'm also going to encourage optimism. I'm just going to encourage it. Like, look, we have a great coach. We have a great pitching coach. We have talented players that are ready to prove that they belong in the major leagues. And, you know, I think, I'm 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 a hundred percent confident that we're gonna see more than one pitcher step it up during the first part of the season. And the reason I say that is because of what we just talked about in that moment number two, that this team has heart, they've got guts, they've got pride. Like they're not gonna go out there and roll over. They know what everybody's saying about them, and I hope they've got a big fat chip on their shoulder and they go out there and everybody steps up, everybody proves proves everybody else wrong. And then what happens is we got more pitching yet you've got yet again, we got more pitching than we know what to do with. That's the problem I want to see happen. Uh, and that's the problem nobody's that that's a problem nobody's expecting. It's a good problem to have. Yes, but it's also something that no one's really expecting. Everybody's thinking negative. Everybody's expecting well. But I th- one thing to remember with the Rangers is, is I mean, their core, their infield is going to be here through 2027. Right. The, they've got outfield help on the way. They've got good young outfielders out there right now. They've got a catalyst and a leader in Garcia. There are a lot of really good pieces. Jonah Heim is on the verge of being a breakout superstar catcher in the league. Uh, you know, and once we get through June, July, you're going to start seeing – Tyler Molly, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer start working their way back. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of find out early in the season what the Rangers are made of and, and can they, can they tread those waters and, and get this thing into the playoffs and have a, a record breaking rotation going into the playoffs next year. Well, and there's another, and we just keep going here, but I still think it's worth mentioning um, 
that I don't think Chris Young and Bruce Bochy and those guys are going to let this thing go belly up. I think if you start getting a quarter of the way through the first part of the season and there's signs of, of you know, hey, we might need to do something, the Rangers have the pieces to do what they need to do to get help in here. But I'm well, and that, and that goes a long ways in learning what you've got, like we've yep. talked about. I agree. You need to learn finding out about Foskey, finding out about Duran, finding out about these guys, and finding out whether they're pieces here for the next five years, mm-hmm. six years, or whether we can send them somewhere else to get the parts that we need to make this a world championship contender again. Absolutely. So, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. What a fun way to end the show. Totally impromptu, but that's what makes this thing what makes this thing fun. Uh, thank you to my co-host for all that he adds to the show. Thanks to everybody that tunes in and supports us. Thanks to all of our subscribers on Down on the Farm with the boys. If you want to find us on social media, it's TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check out that website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. You can subscribe to that exclusive content, Down on the Farm with the Boys, just $2 a month. Get all your Rangers minor league news with us. And... You, we want to thank you for following us on your favorite podcasting platform for Bull Knight, the 300-pound animal. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Signing out.